the two witnesses of Revelation 11 are the messengers God provides to declare his final intents for earth and humanity. Two distinct messengers providing a final witness to the city of the great king. But might they also be accompanied by a corporate body of masculine forerunners equipped with the mighty release of God's power and in time voice to the church and the nations. Hi everyone, I'm Bill Nordstrom and welcome to the program today. Now that's quite a question. And you might be saying, dude, you have some explaining to do here. Well, let me give it my best shot. And I plan to use the Bible to explain why over some months now, I've come to believe there are two sets of witnesses in the time of Jacob's trouble, two distinct individual witnesses, as we see in Revelation chapter 11, marked by God and given power to prophesy in the final three and a half years of this age. And what seems clear from Scripture, a company of anointed believers on the earth at the same time, those forerunners we've been talking about for the past several weeks, crying out to Israel and the nations, uh, a significant spiritual assembly that's undergone a remarkable transition. Both the two witnesses and the church appear to come to the climax of their prophetic fullness in history in the Great Tribulation. Revelation 11 makes it clear the two witnesses will prophesy in a specific location, Jerusalem, and for a specific period of time three and a half years. The signs and the wonders that will proceed from their commissioning will be seen throughout the nations in the final hours before the Lord's return. Their activities are not to be spiritualized or symbolized. They'll occur in real time. They're to be taken at face value in a most extraordinary period in human history. An hour when the prophet Daniel shows, multitudes, multitudes will be running to and fro in a desperate attempt to decipher and to make sense of the historical prophecies that are coming to fruition. And a time the Bible most clearly points to as a period of great deception, an exceptional falling away. In other words, there's going to be a great mess on this planet and God in his mercy, is going to provide strategic voices to make sense of it all. While Revelation 11 describes the work of the witnesses in a very narrow time frame, uh, let's look at scripture that suggests a similar limited time period when forerunners will likewise be gifted with the word of the Lord, a church of extraordinary anointing also actively participating in the witness to the nations. Let's read it. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. Those who do wickedly against the covenant. Now, that's the holy covenant initiated by the Antichrist. Daniel says, this man of sin, this Antichrist, will corrupt with flattery. But Daniel also stresses there will be a people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits at the same time. Just what people might the prophet be referring to? Scripture says it'll be the people who understand, a people, a people versed in the prophetic word, forerunners, who shall instruct many. Read it, Daniel chapter 11, verses 32 and 33. God has always maintained a voice on the earth, and the final three and a half years of this age will be no exception. Then there's Revelation 12, verse 10, the disciple John. 
Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. Now listen carefully. This is not the return of the Lord. This is an event in the heavens that clears the air for the final hours of this age on the earth. The accuser of the brethren, that's Satan, who accuses them before our God day and night, will have been cast down. And they, the brethren, the saints, will overcome him, the Antichrist, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, with no regrets, not even, not even death. You see, the Antichrist has undergone a miraculous transition and is beginning his brief governing and in power on the earth. But here's what we must understand. The accuser of the brethren, the prince of the power of the air, the Satan, he no longer has the ear of God. He no longer has the ability to level accusations at the saints. That would be us, the forerunners, enabling another Another loud and clear voice on the earth in those very same three and a half years as the two witnesses. Do you see that? This is our God providing multiple evidence to the world. He's responsible for these age-ending events, and he's providing the witness to the nations that there's only a short time to make some very important eternal decisions. And he's using the two especially anointed peoples to make the case. What we're sharing here is seldom shown by Bible commentators. They don't speak of it. And if they don't address it, neither will pastors or teachers in their pulpits. So that's why most of us have never heard this position. The role of the church in these astounding events goes unmentioned because so many believe that that one and same church has been whisked away. And if that's the case, listen to this, if that's the case, how are the two witnesses able to remain on the earth and complete their call? And then there's the issue of the timing of these extraordinary ministries. Revelation chapter 11 verse 12 shows at the completion of the ministry of the two witnesses, they're called up to heaven. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and, and their enemies saw them. Verse 13. In the same hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city, that'd be Jerusalem, a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed, and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. Now, now let me say that again. The rest were afraid but they gave glory to God. People remaining on the earth, praising and worshiping God in the middle of a great tribulation, might they have just experienced the signs and wonders of the two witnesses and a company of forerunners also called to duty? Verse 14, John warns, the second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming. Read that in Revelation chapter 11. The third woe is on its way, and it's coming quickly. And the third woe comes with the seventh trumpet. Verse 15, then the seventh trumpet, or the seventh angel, sounded. And there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. 
My friends, that is the rapture. That is the second coming. That is the resurrection of the dead. And that is the salvation and the restoration of all Israel. At the time of this great transition, it should become very clear to millions of people on the earth that the activities of the two witnesses and the concurrent global release of the power of the Spirit on anointed forerunners are about to usher in the final end-time harvest. Read it, Revelation 11. Study the sequence of those events. See what the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful that you've hidden these things from the wise and the prudent, and you've revealed them to babes like, like so many of us. That you clearly take responsibility for your righteous judgments while, while you also provide abundant witness and wisdom to those who will see them come to pass, actually see these events. Lord, I, I ask that you begin to take now these, these brief presentations that we're making in your grace and, and bring a clarity to the minds and hearts of listeners that our brothers and sisters in the Lord will begin to introduce these coming miraculous events to their sons and daughters, their grandchildren, bringing a forerunner's voice of preparation to the ones they love. Father, I ask you, Stir the hearts of your beloved, that they, they become the, the burning and shining lamps in the great days ahead. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Subscribe to the podcast, my friends. Pass them along. And Maranatha. I'm Bill Nordstrom. <laughs>